0: What's up, guys? Roy here, and you are listening to the Balanced Male Podcast Series. Now, today's episode uh, is a, I guess you could say it's a late episode. Uh, It was intended to be recorded around Father's Day, and, you know, life happened. So here we are a couple weeks later, uh, me finally getting to sit in the chair and sort of uh put these thoughts that I've had uh sort of out to you guys, and um I'm gonna focus a lot of of this on on my father this uh it's basically just lessons th- from my dad um and this is i guess you could say this is an extension of the eulogy that I gave at his funeral uh, a few years ago. And, and, bas- it, and what I was sort of talking about was sort of what I saw in him and what he sort of taught me that I have taken and used uh, in my teaching career when I was a teacher, uh, in fatherhood, in life with people and how i sort of interact with even as big interact with society and uh, i just wanted to share this with you guys because i do think that these lessons are valid i think these lessons were that i've learned from him or big and i hope that you guys can take something from it as well and some of these things, I'll, I'll sort of preface with, like, some of these were specifically lessons where he talked to me about or, or when when I was sort of needing a lesson. And, and other things were just literally, like, just things that I saw in him. And I don't know if, if he ever knew that I saw these things or the importance that I saw and what he exposed me to. So, here we go lessons from dan (laughs) i like that now this first lesson i've talked a few times about on the podcast um but my dad was really one of my biggest sort of motivations to to talk about this one lesson but it was all about this lessons about emotions and how important emotions were and how emotions were okay um, you know, I've said this before. My dad was one of the first people I saw cry, and and you know that's always powerful. I think that you know kids. I think kids need to see older people having emotions, good, bad, and different, all of it. I think um, yes, there can be some like toxic things to it. If you know we're we don't know how to process our anger and things like that. But, but to see, to see my dad like cry at things that were different than the normal things you would cry at, I think really is one of the factors where it's like, I'm just, I'm okay with, with my emotions. I'm okay to have emotions. I'm okay to cry. You know, I, I've said before and I'll say it again. It's it's that movie, Mr. Holland's Opus. Watching my dad cry at, at the ending of that movie, um, and I think it's important for boys and for men to 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 have that to, to know that our emotions are okay, that uh, that we can cry, that we can feel that because uh, because we're human, we're having a human experience, and I think we need to stop with that narrative that that we don't feel, we don't cry, we don't have emotions, we have to be, you know, the, that, that strong, silent, you know, hide your emotions, don't let people see it, I think we have to get rid of that narrative, and, uh, you know, it was powerful for me, and I think it's powerful for kids to see that, especially boys, you know, and another reason that he—I knew that emotions were okay—was how he dealt with me. <laughs> I did I did not make it easy a lot of times. You know, we go through the you know typical middle school and high school life, and we're just these giant balls of just anger and frustration and suffering, and not suffering. What did I say? Suffering, or we think we're suffering, but I, there's so many times that I was just losing it. I was angry, I was yelling, I was just all of that. And I don't think my parents ever really stopped me. They sort of like let it pass and then talked to me later. I remember one time specifically, I was furious and I remember running into my room, slamming the door and blasting (laughs) This is embarrassing, but blasting uh Limp Biscuits first album, that's what I had. Just, just I was so, so pissed at my parents. I don't even remember why, but it was probably something silly, and uh, you know, just, just, just I felt it. My dad didn't try to do anything or stop me from that. It's like I don't know. He just knew, let the wave pass, and uh, you know, after that, he talked to me. And we resolved, I remember talking to me and what, what what am I why am I so upset? You know, why are we slamming doors? you know? And it just like allowed the space for feeling that it it once again, like I, he never specifically said it, but I just knew it. it's like it's okay to feel you know and and i think one for one reason why we have to like when we're dealing with w- with kids and with people like you know when we're in the middle of our anger and our frustrations and all of that we're not going to think straight we're not going to be able to talk we're not going to be able to rationalize what's going on we're just going to keep yelling and and so you know that's powerful as a parent because i think what tends to happen is our kids get upset our kids get angry and we want to stop it and as we try to stop it all it does is it makes it worse you know i would see this in my classroom constantly and i see it with my 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 son too just just losing it the more that i tried to, to sort of stop the flow stop the emotion stop the yelling stop the crying it just extended it and and i began to see And I'm beginning to see with my son that the more that we sort of just let it pass for a little bit, and then let them start breathing again and kind of calming down, then we can ask the questions, and then we get to the bottom of what they're feeling. And then what happens, and what I saw a lot as a teacher, was that after that one situation, every... Subsequent situation was sort of easier to deal with. And it's, I'm noticing that with my son, with, you know, there's, he still gets upset, he still gets angry because he's four, but, but we sort of talk with him and let him, let him feel. And it, it, it's almost like that next time the specific action or the thing that caused him anger or frustration, he, he handles it a little bit better. And so that's why I think, and and I think for us, we, we have problems with our emotions because if we're feeling something, it's like we automatically want it to stop. If it's a negative, if if it's fear, if it's anger, if it's sadness. And I have found with myself, the more that I try to stop it, the harder it is for me to get out of it. And then I start just spinning out but the more I let the wave pass over me, the more I get to understand what I'm, why I'm really upset, why I'm sad, why I'm angry. And then I'm able to process this better. And it's just making me be a better person. Maybe not better, just uh, a more balanced person. And I'm able to sort of handle my emotions in such a, a cooler and more effective way and not destructive. Um, so there's so yeah so yeah emotions are okay the second lesson that I learned from Dan was that I needed to have a passion uh, something to live for uh, that was outside family those type of things and my dad had a huge passion for music uh, his life was basically music my dad could could play any instrument that I've, I mean any instrument really I, I I don't think I've ever seen an instrument that my dad couldn't play. Uh, he was a, a very talented singer, specifically with chorals and choirs, and that um, and he had this just wealth of knowledge of of so much type of music. And it was it was so wild, incredibly wild. How much hard drives drive space my dad had for music, Uh, from things to like classical music, operas to like the randomest stuff, with uh, like backwoods like country like church singing. It's called sacred harp singing and my dad was was always just studying it reading it looking at it doing it um teaching it he was he was a music teacher for you know as long as I was alive from choirs and never did band but uh, mostly choirs is what he stuck to but uh but he had this passion and so like I always got to watch him do this and I always thought it was so cool that my dad had this thing. And so that was the indirect way that I saw it. But um <clears throat> but he really well I'll talk about the second thing in a second. But like what was cool is like I was saying, I got to watch him and I witnessed so many times my dad getting to just shine through this from from singing in chamber choirs and these huge choirs to leading singing at our church uh playing these instruments i got to watch him teach kids um how to sing and that was always so cool to watch he just was so talented in his ability to like guide people through music that was something that a lot of people talked about at his funeral about how, like, he would take, my dad would take these rooms, you know, of, like, 100, 200 people, and, and really what was cool is he did this at our summer camp, and our summer camp had these little singing devos in the morning, and my dad would show up, and there's, like, 200 kids from, like, ages, like, 8 to, to 18, and he would get here, and within, oh within like minutes he had this whole group of kids in the woods just singing it was like angelic and i don't know how he did it and he would do this with that he would do it at church he would have people he would be able to like control a room and and just everyone was it's like no nobody felt that they could sing but within five minutes of being around my dad you were singing beautiful music, and, and those are my favorite things to watch, and it was his passion, and I think what it was, why it was so powerful, was because what he was doing was an extension of his heart, an extension of his soul, it was just this, like, it was like music to him was breathing, and when we, when we're in something that we're passionate about, it's coming from the heart, and it affects people, you, you, and makes it just makes for me my observation is it makes life so much better for people and just just for life in general you know it it was never work for him and it was so cool to watch that and and it was it was a reason that I became a teacher was watching my dad teach and at you know and wanting to 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 have that type of life, but but it was it was always meaningful to me. And I was like, if my dad has a passion, then I need to have a passion. Cause it seems like that's the key to life. And um, so I kind of was always like wanting, you know, I wanted to follow my heart a lot instead of just looking for a job and, and or looking for just work, quote unquote work. I mean, work was important. My dad always I mean, I had a job since I was 16. But um, directly, how I knew it was a lesson that I needed to have a passion was one day, I might have told this story, but I'm going to tell it again because it's one of the single most impactful. I mean, two of the most impactful moments in my life involved my father. And so I want to talk about that. And the other one's another lesson, but here we go. My dad stopped me one time after church. Um, he came and found me and I don't know why he did it I don't remember if it was specifically the sermon we were talking we were listening to at the church but he just had this this look that he really needed to talk to me and he stopped me I remember being annoyed at first because I wanted to go across the street to the mall to get Taco Bell because I was starving but anyway he he grabbed me and he said I just need to say something to you and you know (laughs) I was also like I'm probably in trouble because, you know, that's when your parents grab you like that and they got to talk, then you're in trouble. But but he goes, you know, I, I get emotional t- hearing that like talking about this piece is I don't care what you do with your life. I don't care if you're a teacher like me. I don't care if you want to become a plumber. He said you'd make three times as much money as I did. He said, I, I just want you to know that I want you to be happy and follow your heart. And then he just hugged me and then he walked away. You know, I, I here I am like 15 or 16. And I never really got to tell him how important that was. But what he did in that moment, and what I wish more parents would do, is he freed me, essentially, to follow, my, to follow my heart, my intuition, myself. And for a kid like me, specifically me, who just never found his footing until he was an adult or his place in the world, like that's exactly what it, i needed to hear because what it it told me one thing one is that i was i was worthy of something i was worthy of his love and then second is that like i said i was free and i could follow my heart and my passion and boy did i <laughs> i mean my life has never been a straight line it has been this curved switchback road of things and I will tell you that every decision, every time I've tried something, I knew that it was okay. And just because of that moment, and also the way that my dad reacted to these things. When I got a job at a coffee shop, cool, that's awesome. When I got, you know, when I moved to Virginia to follow my, you know, my now wife, he was like, that's amazing. I'm happy for you when i became a teacher he was happy i remember when i was a teacher i knew that he was excited and he loved it but it was never you know he it was cool for him that i was doing what he did but he never said i had to do it and it was just he was just proud of me and so i think like we as parents we want we want our kids to to do things but we really just want them to have security but i think if more parents were to say that and more of us were to to take the time to really mean it and let the kids go and do and follow their passions and dreams i think we would have so such these we would be we would be free our kids would be free and it would just bring so much more joy and into their life into your life and who knows what would come from that like i've gotten to do so many cool things because I followed my heart and my passion and I got to do a lot of things that were just an extension of my heart you know and, and it gives so much to the world when we're when more people are doing that and I mean we can argue all day about the need for that's not a need for whenever you say this people are always like well, we still need janitors and I'm like I don't know sometimes if a janitor's fallen with his heart it's not work it's great you know, there was a custodian at the school that at this one of the schools I taught at. And, you know, he made so much of an impact on kids' lives because he was happy. He was joyous. He engaged. He yeah, he was cleaning up crap and throw up and toilets, but but he knew it was like he knew what he was doing was was helping. And so he just enjoyed it. And it impacted the kids because they saw it and they knew his name. And so I don't know I think more of us should be following our passions and, and you know I I know that he would be okay right now the fact that I quit teaching to because for those of you that don't know I did quit teaching recently for a lot of reasons and one of the main ones is to do the podcast and to write a book and continue creating this space that of people being able to tell their stories and connection and stuff and, and I think he would be just as psyched for me right now and it gives me so much security to know that. The um, third lesson I want to talk about um, is kind of a two-parter, but they're so linked and connected that I kind of lumped them into one, was that everybody deserves respect and that everyone is welcome at our table. Now, my dad really... Respect was very important to my dad. And this was something that he never really specifically talked to me about. Um but I saw it through the times when my dad has ever yelled at me. Um there's there's three times when when my dad sort of really corrected me hard and The first one was when I made fun of a janitor. They were cleaning up stuff. Um, I thought he was going to hit me. And it wasn't. And it was. He said, son. He said, honest pay is honest pay. And that guy is working a job. He's not doing any harm to anybody. And he's cleaning up people's trash. He said, don't ever let me hear you say something like that or treat that a person like that ever again. And I was, <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments where he, he, I could just, you know, when you like can tell someone's disappointed in you, that was it. Second time was when I threw my popcorn down on the floor at a movie theater as we were leaving. And uh, man, my dad turned, he said, what are you doing? And, uh, I said, someone's, you know, people are going to clean it up. And I remember he made me pick up the popcorn and a bunch of it had fallen and he made me pick it up. He said, you know, that's probably the most disrespectful thing you could ever do. He goes, yes, someone has to clean up the popcorn, but what you just did is you blatantly disrespected that person, made their job that much harder. And, um, you know, I never threw my popcorn down again. And I've made sure to to, uh, to always throw it away in the trash can. You know, it's, it's just that thing of, like, we're so detached from things sometimes that we forget that, like, people do those things. We forget that someone comes behind us and has to clean up. It's the same thing in the shopping cart. My dad never left a shopping cart in a parking lot. He either, I think he usually pushed it all the way back into the store, or he would make sure to find a car corral. You know that was one thing he did. Um, You know he was always respecting. Like we always had to clean up twice as much if when we camped or we went somewhere, Uh, because my dad just respect for people, respect for, for that. Because he, you know, and I guess he, you know, he knew that people had to come behind us and do it, and do a job that we didn't want to do. Um, but then it's all, the other time he yelled at me is when I, we were going to feed the homeless for church. And I said, this is stupid. And I remember he slammed on the brakes and he, God, he laid into me about that. And he just, I don't remember what he said. But I remember the look in his eyes. I remember the face. I remember where I was sitting in this white station wagon. And I don't think I spoke for the whole ride. Um, but you know, when we were feeding the homeless, it was because we were giving of ourselves to people who didn't have anything. And, and it, what that did though, is it, it showed me that, that these type of things were important. Like my dad was constantly giving to other people You know, even though my dad was a teacher, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, things like that, we were always giving, and I think it was my dad just loved and respected people, and he wanted to help, and that was what I always saw in him, And, and what I got to see was the effects that it had on people because of my dad, you know, him showing people respect. You know, they in turn laid down so much of their lives for my dad and my family just because of that, you know, and, and I'll talk about that in sort of the last lesson with regards to like our reputation and our legacy. But, uh, it just, it just kind of like instilled in me this idea of like, yeah, like that's something that I need to do. You know, this is important to my dad and, and, and I got to see how it affected him and people. So I was like, all right, yep, let's we got to do that. And I, th- I think that's important for us, you know, because our kids, our kids are watching everything that we do. They're listening to everything we say. When I was a teacher, the, the, the students saw that. And, and I always made sure to to talk to my students about that. And, you know, I would always say, thank you, make sure you're, you know, talk to these people. And if you see the janitor, or you see someone, just thank them, let them know, like, don't and like pick up after yourself. Like, if, if you see it, if you're around it, just pick it up. It, it's, it's just important, and it's something that gets overlooked a lot in life, and we forget that there's someone that's doing these jobs. And so, I think we have to we have to show our kids that show our kids that people deserve respect, and they in turn will respect themselves, respect others, and respect this world a little bit better. You know, and and also with regards to this respect thing, I remember my my everyone was welcome at my dad's table at our table. Our dinner table. I mean, I I think that before I was ten years old, I had I had been exposed to um, p- people from like all sorts of wall- like I mean, I, numerous people from Africa. You know, our church was very diverse, and and where we lived specifically was a very diverse neighborhood. There were Africans coming in and people of color. Um, my one family that we were really close to was Czechoslovakian. Uh, she's actually the first girl I ever kissed, Eva. And that's a cool memory to have. But uh, we even had this guy who was a he was a he only had one arm. <laughs> he had he had I remember that one arm, and he had a lot of like prosthetics. Uh, just just all sorts of people. I think it was, it was such a wild, wild thing and i thought that was normal like it wasn't until i got older and got to see that like this wasn't this life but it was just so it was so wild to to see all these people that my dad was constantly inviting into our home and sometimes it was annoying because it's always new people but but i think i've gotten to appreciate that because i think what what that did for me was it exposed me to things and it made being different okay, like I think so many people, we we live in such a like sheltered little neighborhoods now, where everyone that, that we're around in our neighborhoods look like us, talk like us, and act like us, but then for me, like I don't want to, for me, I was just exposed to so like, I knew, I knew that like there was more out there and things weren't strange to me as I got older. You know, it wasn't odd for me to, to interact with people that didn't look or talk like me. And, and that's incredibly powerful. And I think kids should be exposed to more, th- more than what they're exposed to. I think it shrinks you in a way that's positive. Like it shrinks you in a way to know that like this world is big and there's a lot out there. And it allowed me to be able to interact with different types of people. And, and that's something that's very powerful in just life, you know, at your jobs and things like that. And so it was really, it was really cool. You know, I loved how, <laughs> you know, he used to do this thing where when people would come in, it's almost like he would either sing, hello, come in, or he would learn how to say hello in people's language. And uh people loved that. It seemed like they did. And, and and you know, sometimes people will make like they'll talk in accents and it's a very like patronizing or like just it, it's sort of making fun of it. But it, for my dad, it was just like this, he just this he wanted people to feel comfortable around him. He wanted people to come and hang out and be a part of our family. and, and so he would he would learn their language for a little bit and it just allowed, Oh, it was just so impactful. And so I think as, as a parent, I want to expose my son to more. And, you know, now where I live, it's not like where I grew up, but, you know, it takes a little bit of work, but I want him to see it. And, and it's not that I want him to see that, like, who he is is wrong. I just want him to see that, like, he's a part of something bigger. And we forget that all the time. Like, we, we forget that we're a part of a world and not everyone's like us. And that's okay. Not everyone talks like us and everyone looks like us and and the more that we're exposed to that the easier it is for us to acclimate ourselves in these situations talk have empathy which is something this world is missing a ton I mean I could do a whole podcast episode about the lack of empathy in life but but because of that I got to you know it, it helps it helped me and it's it strengthened me in that and and I think that I want that for my son and, and for people and, you know, everyone's welcome at our house. I think sometimes I've noticed that there's always people that are coming and hanging out. We're, we're very social, but I just, I don't know. It's just, I want, you know, I, you know, I was on the fringes a lot as a kid. And I think the one thing I want is I don't want people to feel that way around me. And, and I don't think my dad wanted people to feel like they were an outsider. And, you know, it gets tough because, you know, entertaining a lot. But still, we need more of that, you know. The third or fourth lesson, I'm sorry, was um, not really a lesson as it was something that I saw in him and that I felt that I want people to feel you know i wanted my students to feel i want my kid to feel i want my wife to feel was that i belonged and i was worthy of his love um you know i've worked with children for in some form or fashion for the better part of two decades and um i think one thing i've noticed is that all kids they want they want three things they want to be seen They want to be heard and they want to be wanted. You know, they want people to give a damn about them, you know, and when they're seen, when they're heard, when they're wanted and they know it, that is one of the deciding, I believe in my heart, it's one of the deciding factors on how a kid turns out as an adult. I saw it in school and I've seen it with me. You know, I talked earlier about my emotions and things like that, not making it easy on my parents. Well, I didn't make it easy on my dad with regards to my style or who I was. I mean, I was constantly, it's almost, I was in Jinko jeans for most of my childhood, listening to Limp Biscuit and Corn. I had spiky hair. I was wearing all sorts of stuff. I didn't make it easy. But you know what? It never seemed to matter to my dad. I mean, I was, I remember the only time he told me not to dress a certain way or be something was because I had to go to a, it was like a funeral or a wedding, and I couldn't wear JNCOs to a funeral or a wedding, and that's smart, I mean, I don't, I, you know, that's good, but, but it just like, it just, I knew that I had some kind of strong home base, that I could, I was seen, I was heard, I was loved, I belonged. I belonged as I was, like I said before, with this passion with my dad, like I knew there was not much to prove to him and not much to, not much I had to really do or be, I just had to be myself, you know? And that's powerful, it freed me, like I said, it broke down walls between me and him. You know, my dad was someone that I would talk to at least weekly in my life, um, I knew that I didn't have to work for his love or his acceptance. You know, and I think kids kids are craving this, you know. Kids are craving to just be seen and heard, even in the stupid, to, to us, the stupid and silliest things. But it, it's not to them, you know. This stuff is powerful. And when kids feel like they don't have to work for love or acceptance, it is, it's crazy, What they will do or be or do for you. I mean, my students, I tried my hardest to let them see that they were welcome with me and they were worthy of my attention. They tried harder. They listened more. It's powerful, and it's so simple, and it's the hardest thing for us to do sometimes. And I think that for us as parents and people, even people as you're an adult, we're all still just wanting to be seen and heard. We're still, we're just a bunch, like, we seriously, we're just a bunch of little kids running around dressed up like adults, just wanting to be seen and heard and loved. You know, I think about this thing, it's like, you know, these research and these books that I've read, it just all ends up, like, most of these stories and these articles that I'm reading are with the pain and suffering and hurt that kids are feeling and suicide rates and men, it's just because they they were hurt as a child because their life was all about working for love. And it's just, when your life is like that, you just, you never get to grow up, spe- really. You just become a hurt kid dressed like an adult, and then you start raising hurt kids. And it's a cycle that I think should be stopped, you know, and, and I want to do my best to, that my kid and, and, knows that he belongs there's this thing that i say to him every every night or whenever i'm upset with him or you know I've, I've had to reprimand him or something i try to say oh especially at bedtime i love you i'm proud of you and i'm glad that you're mine and i ha- i say i try to say it every day because i want him those are the three things i want him to know about first and foremost in his life it was powerful for me and I know it's going to be powerful for him and so the last lesson was that your legacy is important and my dad with with all of the ways that he lived his life with all the things that I've talked about you know he left a legacy on people where people were truly changed after being around my dad so many ways and this was something that i got to experience fully uh i got i got i got into a pretty big problem my last sort of four months in college and it was a student teaching incident that wasn't my fault but basically what happened is i got kicked out of school and i had sort of four months to figure out what was i going to do now i fought it and i graduated and all this stuff but the the single deciding factor um, that, that, that I was able to graduate was my dad. Um, you know, so I was kicked out of student teaching for, uh, basically, there was an autistic kid, and I had to physically restrain him or he would have ran into a street and could have hurt himself. Now it's a big no-no, you know, for for people, you can't do that. so. Uh, the principal, instead of, of sort of celebrating and saying, I know you did something good, they knew that if the parents found out what I did because I wasn't licensed, they had opportunity to sue and the, they would have lost a lot of money. But anyway, so the, the principal did some shady things and got me kicked out anyway. Um, and so I, I fought it for a while and, you know, I got to this point where this guy was like, you know, you, I want to help you he was the dean of students and he's like i can't i don't have any con- i've been reaching out to contacts to see if some other principals will give you a second chance or do something and you know he's he had talked to me about these counties you know these people that he knew and these are the counties and he happened to not mention the county that my dad was teaching in and you know i said okay well cool well my dad has a contact in in fulton county i mean he's a teacher there if, if i can find someone through him could i do it and so the the dean was like yeah sure so i called my dad and i think my dad made three phone calls and what took me months to fight my dad had three options for me he had three schools that i could go and talk to and the first two principals didn't have someone but the third prince didn't have a place for me uh but the the last principal he came in and met, and he was like... And it was one of those things where it's like I was expecting a no, but it basically was like, you know when you're in an interview and you just know you got it? Like, I uh, I got it. You know, I knew that I had a space. And he was telling me of what it would look like and how we're going to do it and when I would start. And I was like, okay, cool, we'll do that. That's great. Um, and, and before we were leaving, he goes, I just want to stop you because I need to tell you something. He said... Um. Cause this is a school that my dad taught at. He hadn't been there in like, I think five, three or four years maybe. And I hope I'm telling the story right. But uh, are you following along? I know I said this last story fast. It's just such a long story that I was wanting to shorten it. But basically the principal goes, Hey, so I just need you to know something. Uh, He said, he said two things, one, The reason I'm letting you do this is because of your dad, because of the kind of man your dad was while he was here. I would do anything for your father. Your father did anything for anyone in this school and any kid. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And I said, thank you. He goes, but I also want you to to know this. He said, we had our teachers meeting yesterday. And uh, after your dad called, I, I just, you know, I knew I had to, this would be a tall order to have a student teacher come in for just the last four weeks of school. But he said, hey, uh, he, he, he just posed a question to the entire teaching staff, and he said, hey, uh, Dan's son needs, he's a student teacher, and he just needs four to be in somebody's class for four weeks. Is there anybody that would be willing to do that? And he said, he said almost every hand went up. And, uh, I remember, like, I think I almost, you know, I was like, wow. He said, every hand went up because of who your dad was. And he said something like, please don't waste this. Please know who your dad is. Don't waste this opportunity. And. You know, what that showed me is the type of person you are matters. How you interact with people on a day to day basis, or even the smallest task matters. Because my dad wasn't, my dad wasn't this. I mean, he was, he had a passion. He was great at what he did, but, but he cared for people. And because of that, people cared for him when it when it mattered. And I think how you are around people, you give to them, they will give to you. And it's not like you're going to have, it's not going to be perfect, but it doesn't stop you from getting hurt. But what it does give to you is that when the chips are down, I bet if you're being kind and empathetic and respectful, and showing people that they matter to you. And they're worthy to be around you. They'll be around you when the chips fall. So. It's a, it's, it's a powerful thing that I never forget. You know, you burn a bridge. It's a lot harder to get it back. So. So those are the lessons from my dad. I uh, I miss him. I think his life and what he's shown me is important i think i hope that you guys can take something from it even a little bit and uh yeah but uh, you know thank you for guys for listening uh if you liked it great you know you can listen to me more and more if you didn't remember i'm just a channel i'm not a source be excellent to each other we'll see you next time